You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black, your host. I'm also the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Thank you all for following along. Happy Tuesday. In today's episode, we're going to give a report card for the football team. In one segment, we'll go over the offense, the other segment, the defense, and we'll give out grades for each positional group. On top of that, I'm going to start off by going over the mailbag. Usually I go with news, but there really wasn't any news today, so it was a quiet day. Uh, You know, other than a few players, uh, three players got named to the AP All-ACC team. That was Isaiah McDuffie with the second team, Hunter Long with the first team, and Zay Flowers with the second team. But other than that, it was a quiet day in BC News. So let's jump into the mailbag. If you have mailbag questions you want to send me, hit me up on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. I love hearing what you guys have to ask, and um, I'd love to answer some of the things that you have to, um, that you guys want to hear about. So Steve, so, um, Steve, a.k.a. A- BC Tower of Truth, wants to know what recruits or what transfers Boston College is going to get in basketball and football. Now, football, uh, so let me just start with basketball, excuse me. Basketball's hard because we don't know what the transfer portal is going to look like, um, and I also think you know, just like you guys, I get a feeling that there's going to be a coaching change at the end of the year. So we could see a very active transfer portal. That's what I'll leave it at for basketball. You could see some players leaving. You could see some players coming in, uh, depending on who the coach is going to be in football. Again, it's tough to say what players, but I think what we're going to see is uh, some transfers for the tight end position. I think we're going to see some transfers at the defensive end position. And I also think we might see some running backs come in and then don't be surprised if there's other like, uh, depth positions that you see as well, like guys that may not be the starters, but are, are guys to fill out the roster. So you might see, you never know, like a quarterback or or another wide receiver or things like that. But I think the big target in terms of improving the team is going to be on the defensive line, tight end and running back would be my answer for that. But thank you, Steve, for those questions. Chris Davis on Twitter wants to know which of the four-star recruits are going to re- enroll early. Uh, so the four-star recruits would be uh, Clinton Burton Jr., uh, Bryce Steele, and Drew Kendall. Drew Kendall's definitely uh, enrolling early. Now, the other question, the not to cop out on this question, there's at least a handful of recruits that I've heard are enrolling early. Emmett Moorhead, I heard, uh, Connor Lighton, the kicker, and Dante Reynolds. But I talked to a source at BC. It's got to be more than five. Um, but... We don't know who those other ones are going to be yet because they still have to do paperwork with uh, the school. So there'll probably be more, and we'll find out. And make sure you're on BC Bulletin to get your answers to that question because I will definitely report any updates on that as soon as it comes up. But thank you, Chris, for that question. Actually, Chris actually had a second part of his question. Also, was 2020 the first year with no sesame seed pretzels? Now, if you're new to this podcast you ha- and haven't followed me on you know BC Interruption or on Twitter, you know... Uh, you might not know about my history with the sesame seed pretzels. Now, as a fan of BC, when I used to go to games, you know, you'd go in and you tailgate and you get hungry at halftime. 
And what do you go look for? A pretzel. It's perfect, right? You get a, you get a soda and a pretzel or whatever, and, it, and it's a perfect treat. Now, BC has always had sesame seed pretzels, and they're awful. Um, I hate sesame seed pretzels. <laughs> and I've made it a big bone of mine on Twitter about it, and I made it a big joke. And I've seen, actually, Twitter uh, handles pop up over it and things like that. But um, I actually, I believe Martin Jarman fixed it. Uh, so it wouldn't be this wouldn't be the first year there were no sesame seed pretzels, and this would have just been by default. I believe Jarman did one of his "I'm listening to you" things about sesame seed pretzels. So this is not the first year of it, though. I didn't see any. I only got to one game last year, um, and I had my one year old with me, and I just did not get a chance to even go to the concessions. But I, I I've heard from uh, I had people tagging me all over Twitter um, about sesame seed pretzels being gone. So I don't think it's the first year of that. Chris on Twitter says, with the departure on on the D-line, Anwuka, Roberts, Beckett, and Barlow, do you think the staff will look to the transfer portal to shore up the position group? There seems to be a lack of young talent there. Maybe the 20 class, 21 class will change that going forward, but not immediately. Now, this is a why I, I separated this question from Stevens from earlier because this, I think, is a different answer than what I was answering before because... I'm not 100% sure all those guys are leaving. Remember, the NCAA is not counting 2020 against the uh, players' eligibility. So these players, like Luke Beckett, could come back if he doesn't think his draft stock is high yet. Or in WUCA. And I, I, from what I've heard and things I've read, I've heard that BC wants to get a lot of these guys back to give them another year. So don't be surprised if many if not all of those guys come back now will they address it in the transfer portal i hope so because uh we need to get some uh we need pass rushers on this defense and those guys those four players did a nice job this year but they need somebody else they need another spark plug there because they are definitely lacking in terms of the pass rush and they need to figure out a way to get that now I think there is some young depth at defensive tackle. Uh, Cam Horsley, I really like. I think he's just a year away, probably from being a real force in that middle of that defense. Isaiah Henderson, I heard great things about him, but he got hurt last year, so he's coming back. So he could be someone. That you, but you're right. The defensive end, I don't. I look at what they have in terms of the class of 21. It's a lot of young guys, so maybe they find you know magic in a bottle there but i i agree with you chris i think they need to go and find somebody on the, on the transfer portal especially at defensive end there was a question in our comment section on bc bulletin 2 that i wanted to address and if you have not joined our comment section if you're part of it before please join up if you go to any of my articles the directions are right there it's a little tricky because the comment section unfortunately i'm one of the only guys that gets a comment section right now as they kind of redo some of the sites that we have um if you just scroll down just a little bit there's this whole new section it's called discuss and we have a whole bunch of people on there just talking bc football so just join up and you can talk i'm always in there and i try to respond as often as i can uh, to anything you have to say and, I, and there's some really great other commenters in there but there was someone who was asking uh it was on the sam johnson post about what the depth chart is going to look like now that sam johnson's gone so the person was worried that like who is going to be the third string uh, quarterback now if you listen to this podcast I've talked numerous times that I don't think uh, I think a lot of quarterbacks on this depth chart could be looking elsewhere. When you have a quarterback as established as Jerkovic is now, uh, you know guys like Grossell or Valachi who could find starting roles elsewhere. 
will probably go elsewhere. It's kind of the way the quarterback is going. The quarterback position is going now. So there's plenty of schools that have no quarterback depth right now. I'm just looking at like Bowling Green and and, and others. You saw Syracuse grab one. You know, they're they're the the market for quarterbacks that can play is going to be pretty big. So that's why I say like a guy like Grossell, if there's a program out there, say a Mac level program, they're going to snag him pretty quick. I mean, I I think he might go and listen to it because like, hey, why why stay here and be buried on the depth chart behind Djokovic, uh, a guy who may never get hurt again, he may, but we don't know that, when I can go to you know, Central Michigan and, and be the star there and get my film on tape and really push myself towards the NFL. I, so I think you're going to see a lot of depth chart changes, especially at quarterback this year. I would not be surprised if you go into next year with Djokovic as the starter and then you have two different pl- two different quarterbacks behind him, and it's not going to be Sam Johnson and Dennis Grossell. So maybe you see Matt Weave uh, rave, and I'm going to say R U E V E. I got to they need a pronunciation guide for him, and, and um, D- Dalen Menard. Maybe those will be the next three guys, two guys on the on the chart after him. But again, I'm I would not be surprised if you saw Grossell and Sam Johnson transfer. So that was a good question on on the site. So again, check out our comment section for that. And we'll wrap it up with a question that came on Facebook. Definitely check out our Facebook page. It's at Boston College SI. As I've told you before, I do live streams on there after basketball games and football games. And uh, anytime there's a big thing that happens, just to talk to you more live. So go to at Boston College SI on Facebook and check us out. But we had a question on there from Brendan who wanted to know, what is BC doing about their uh, football facility? Is there any new projects that are in the works? So... On paper, there is nothing new about football, but I believe, and I've heard rumblings that there's a few things that are going to happen. I've heard that Alumni Stadium is next on the block in terms of getting renovations, and I don't know what that's going to look like in terms. Of, I know people have been asking to get rid of the the uh, bleachers and getting regular seats, um, amenities, really upgrading a lot of you know a, a stadium that definitely could use a facelift. Um, but that hasn't been on paper yet, so we'll see that. Other than that, it's been pretty quiet. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the report cards for Boston College. Before we do, I want to talk to you about Coors Light. Now, we're in the holiday season. It is go, 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 go. Every day at 24-7, we have all of these demands on us to get things done. And sometimes we just have to hit that moment where we hit pause and watch a sporting event and crack open in a nice cold Coors Light. Now it's a Tuesday afternoon, and there's going to definitely be some games on uh, this week with bowl games and and all sorts of good stuff with the NFL. You want to make sure that you find your me time to an excuse to chill and drink a beer. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport just to drink a beer. It's cold filtered, cold lagered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now let's talk about betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season. Games have already begun and the action is hot. Now let's look at betonline.ag. They have a special deal for you. You can get in with one place that covers you and one place we trust, betonline.ag. 
Sign up for today for a free account and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Now, there's lots of odds out there. Look at what's going on with the Alabama Notre Dame game. Many people out there, like me, don't think Notre Dame belongs in the Bulls, I mean, in the college football playoffs. And Bet Online AG's spread indicates that. They have Alabama as a 19.5 point favorite. Well, will I bite on that? I'm not sure. It seems like it's getting a little greedy for my blood, but would you? There's all sorts of things you can bet on, including basketball, football. There's lots of great opportunities. And with their deal of 50% off, a uh, 15% welcome bonus, where you put in $100, they're going to give you 50 bucks. That is a great deal. So get on to betonline.ag, your online sports experts. And you can find them on social media. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for your free account and use Locked On for your sign-up bonus. This is Locked On Boston College. Just as a reminder, this is a four-show week as we have Friday off for Christmas. We are going to have a extra special Christmas spectacular on Thursday that's going to have a Christmas theme episode where we're going to give all sorts of expert analysis all in the spirit of the holidays. So you're going to want to check that out. Also, you're going to want to check out Locked On Bets. It's our new podcast on the Locked On Network where they talk about every giving hot tips that will help you earn some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling at ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. It's a two, it's a 10-minute episode, so you might want to check this out. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it's report card time. Now, if you were like me when you were in high school and middle school, those are the days that you dread. You know, you your your days of slacking and not studying for tests as hard as you should have kind of came back and bit you in the butt. Now, we're going to look at Boston College. We're going to give out grades today for their offense and their defense and looking at the specific positions and giving out grades based off of their play. So let's start with the offense. We're going to start with, we're going to go backwards. We're going to start with the tight end position. Hunter Long finished the season with 57 catches. He led the country in uh, receiving yards and receptions for the tight end position. He was eighth in touchdowns. He's going to get a big A+. You're never going to see a tight end do as well in a year as Hunter Long did. Now, some people have asked, did he do well in run blocking? Everything I've heard from Jeff Halfley and the coaching staff, he's an excellent run blocker. So Hunter Long is a complete tight end. He had one of the best tight end years you're going to see in college football. And he's going to be off to the NFL. So he gets a big A+. Now, I promise you, this is not, not going to be just roses and sugar here. Because we're going to go to wide receivers. And I'm going to give them an A. Because... They played as well as a unit as you could ever expect at Boston College. Boston College has a series of weapons at wide receiver that you're never going to see, <laughs> that we have never seen at Boston College before. Even when Matt Ryan was here, they had some talent, but I think I'd argue that the wide receiver talent right now would go up head to head with any group BC's ever had. I'm and my email's open for anyone who wants to pick out a team in the early 80s that I never was alive to see, so uh, <laughs> you can yell at me through that. But Zay Flowers, second team All-ACC, had um, 56 catches, 9 touchdowns, and was All-ACC second team. You had C.J. Lewis, out of completely out of nowhere, with 28 catches for 460 yards and 5 touchdowns. You, you never expected him to do this because this was a kid that I think most people before the season just assumed was a lost cause because he just didn't never 
amounted much to anything. You had Jelani Galloway with 197 yards. You had Jalen Gill with 435 yards. This group played really well. And I think they're going to just continue to build on this because the talent is there for them to get even better. So an A for the wide receivers. Okay, now offensive line. This is the one where I'm going to probably get yelled at. If you've read my report cards that I gave on individual games, I give on a realistic scale. So A is excellent, B is good, C is average, D is below average, and F is unacceptable. I'm going to give a C for the offensive line. And here's why. They definitely underperformed based off of what we were expecting this year. They were average. They were not above average in any sense. And they were I, there were times where they were on a, a, under average. I, okay, let's put it this way. There were times where they were above average. There were times they were below average. They got the, I'll round it off if they were average for the season. You know, they had moments where they could run the ball. They had moments where Jakovic had all the time in the world. But then they had times where they were getting bit by, you know, penalties and sacks. The sacks were crazy this year. And the run game just could never get going. So I don't know if it was a personnel thing. Like they they tinkered around with an offensive line that I thought did pretty well in 2019 and moved, you know, Zion Johnson to tackle. They moved Petrula to a different position. And then, you know, they moved Tyler Vrabel to another tackle. So they've moved half, you know, three-fifths of that offensive line where guys that played last year but at different positions. They had a Christian Mahogany, and Alec Lindstrom was, you know, the rock. Still... I think they could have played better. So they're going to get a C from me on this one. Um, I, I think I, if I was a betting man, I think four, at least four-fifths of that group is going to come back. Zion Johnson probably will be the lone wolf that goes to the NFL. So the, hopefully they have a chance to prove the haters, like myself, wrong next year. Okay, so running backs. I hate to be negative. They're going to get a D plus. They were below average this year. And I, I have a hard time arguing anything other than that because – you know, the first half of the year, every time they touched the ball, it seemed like you were worried they were going to fumble it because they just couldn't hold on to it. And then they just, you know, for a team, they averaged 3.1 yards a carry. Travis Levy averaged 3.2. David Bailey, 3.9. Patrick Garwo, 3.7. They had ten touched, uh, seven touchdowns for Bailey, none for Garwo, and none for Levy. They just never seem to click. And I don't know if it's a personnel issue, like maybe these guys are not the right fit for Jeff Halfley and Frank Signetti's offense, but they just didn't seem like they were ever very reliable. They had their games, you know, when Jakovic injured his shoulder and they had to go to the running game in Syracuse, they were able to, you know, move the ball enough. It wasn't like they did against Syracuse the year before, but they were able to move the ball. So I, I got to give them a D plus. I'm sorry. I, you know, they're great guys and it's nothing personal. It's just based off of what I saw. It was a below average year for them. Then let's look at quarterback. Um, let's give them a, a big fat A because that group, we went, BC went from a team in 2019 that could not throw a forward pass to a team in 2020 that was one of the most prolific off passing offenses in the conference. They threw for 3,100 yards this year compared to last year in two more games where they threw for 2,200 yards. Last year, they threw for 20 touchdowns. This year, they threw for 23 and, sh again, less games. And at least one of those games, they didn't throw the ball much at all because Phil Dracovic's shoulder was going to fall off. So that tells you what Dracovic and Grossell did. 
you know, a lot, most of the credit's going to go to Grossell, be, I mean, uh, to Djokovic, because he played most of the season. But Grossell deserves it too. I mean, he threw for 520 yards that last game. Um, and he had, you know, he helped uh, when they needed it against Clemson as well. But Djokovic, he was transcendent. And he gives you that quarterback that can define this program, that can take Boston College to that next level. We saw it. We had questions and we thought it could happen. But in that first year, Djokovic did everything you could ask for him. And I think, based off of what I saw, I gave him an A because he was excellent. I think he can easily get a lot better. There's a lot of things about his play that if he tightens it up, he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. He's like near the top right now with Lawrence gone next year, probably Sam Howell too. You can see Dracovic taking that step and becoming the next quarterback in the ACC. Overall, I give the offense a good solid A-. I thought they did really well this year. You know, in the red zone, there were some issues that I, I thought cost them points over and over again and they were sloppy at times uh especially on the offensive line but you know to be fair there were other positions that made a lot of mistakes too zay flowers and some of the wide receivers got called a lot for some pre-snap penalties you saw the mistakes pile up and that was what killed them in the red zone bc was 116th this year in red zone efficiency uh in terms of red zone trips that ended in touchdowns they fixed that this offense is going to take up to a whole other level and I think that's just cleaning up that play. And hopefully with COVID, you know, making it swan song and going away with this new vaccine, they're going to get more practices in and get more time to clean up some of those mistakes that happened. When we come back, it's going to get a little bit more ugly as we look at the defense. Now, if you're like me, every day you hit that wall. You know, our bodies, they, they, they're like a roller coaster. You have the moments where you are full of energy and you're going, going, going. You're able to continue to, to sustain but eventually we all hit that wall. For me, as I've always said, it's around that two or three o'clock hour where I need something to pick me up. Now, for me, it's always been coffee and, and energy drinks, but I have started to use Built Go. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five-hour energy drink without the same crash feeling because it's natural, so it's better for you. It's like drinking one of these, but with a third of the caffeine and better results. And it comes in three delicious flavors peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Now, how does this work so well? Why is it better than, than, than you know, a coffee or a monster? Because it is filled with the good stuff that's natural. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and just a kick of caffeine. Built Go keeps me going strong because it gives me what my body needs to keep moving. And it's natural, so you're not going to get that crash feeling. What we're going to give you is a special offer. All you need to do is visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! Locked On Boston College, I want to talk to you really quickly about Locked On NFL. Every Tuesday on Locked On NFL, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson break down the Monday Night Football action and top fantasy storylines around the NFL with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a Locked On Fantasy expert to help you save your lineup with waiver wire pickups, must-starts, and more. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, folks, so we're going to talk about the defense now. We gave out our grades for the offense, and for the most part, it was pretty positive. Now, the defense is a little bit more shaky. And here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to break down each position and kind of talk about how they did as a whole. 
Now, the defense, for the most part, at the beginning of the year, played pretty well. So it's kind of hard to gauge as a whole unit what they did. So I'm going to have to kind of adjust the grades to kind of flow into what happened later in the year. Let's start with the secondary. For the first, for the most part, the secondary did pretty well. You know, they had one of the better passing defenses that we've seen out of Boston College in the last couple of years. We saw the effects of Jeff Halfley on that passing defense. They finished the season 80th in the country in passing yards allowed, up from 120 last, 22 last year. That's a big jump. And that shows you what they've been able to do. Now, I know a lot of people have been hoping that they were going to magically become like one of the top past defenses in the country. I don't think that's a reasonable expectation for a team to just flip that quickly. To jump 40, 40 points, 40 spots, that's good. And we saw good play. You saw you saw the emergence of guys like Josh DeBerry and uh, De- Deion Jones and Elijah Jones. They all had good years. Brandon Sebastian, I think, had an underrated really good year. And I think they're just going to get better the more time that they get. So I'm going to give them a solid B. For the, for the secondary. They didn't play perfectly, but they didn't ex- allow a lot of explosives either. So they're going to get a B for me. The linebackers. We had Max Richardson and Isaiah McDuffie having to do a lot on that defense. They were mostly there to, to pick up the pieces from when the defensive line couldn't make stops. Between the two of them, they had over 200 tackles with Isaiah McDuffie, a second team All-ACC player, with 103, or 107, excuse me. Now, they struggled at points though. The, the two of them were good, but they definitely were exposed when they played faster quarterbacks. When quarterbacks could get past that front line, they could easily make McDuffie and Max Richardson miss in open space. And we saw that happen quite a bit. But I have to ponder myself, if the defensive line actually got some pressure on that quarterback or got a hand on them to slow them down, would that have made McDuffie and Richardson more effective? And I'm not sure about that answer. I just saw that they struggled, and it was an issue that they had under uh, Steve Adazio, too. So I'm going to give them a C plus. I'll give them a C plus. Just a little bit above average for the two of them. Um, John Lamont's in there, too, but I didn't see enough of him to give him a grade. And that was basically it. And, you know, as we're going to see this year, it looks like the the linebacking group is going to be a whole different crew for Boston College. So keep your eyes glued on that. Now, let's let's break down the defensive line into two pieces. We're going to look at the defensive tackles and the defensive ends. The defensive tackles mostly were a trio of TJ Ram, Chibuzi Onwuka, and Luke Beckett. I'm going to give them a C-plus as well. Uh, They had their moments... You know, Chibuzi and Wuka and Luke Beckett especially had some big moments where they made some big plays. But for the most part, they were pretty inconsistent. You saw games where they just, you know, they got gobbled up. But then they'd have games where, you know, like we saw Boozy make a big play in the last game. So just a tick above above average. Now, defensive ends, this is where it gets a little bit harsher. I'm going to give them a D. Brandon Barlow had a a few moments. Shatasala... He, he was just he almost seemed invisible out there. He just didn't make many plays. He had uh he had the interception against Louisville, but in terms of like other games, like that was one play, but for the most part if you looked at like series of film, he just wasn't very effective. And Marcus Valdez, he he fell off too. I didn't think he had all that great of a season as well. You know, for a guy that finished one of the top, you know, people were expecting him to be a more of a sack master. He finished with two sacks the whole year. So there was four and a half sacks, I think, 
uh, no six sacks from the from the from the defensive ends. But just just watching consistently, they struggled with containment on rushes. They struggled against mobile quarterbacks. They just didn't have a great game. So I'm giving them a D. It was a below average year for them, and I think they're going to have to get better. And I don't know where they go with that next year. As I said in the first segment. It looks like they that might be a position that they look at in the transfer portal. Or if Jeff Halfway thinks that he can develop them even more, he could just go roll with them again. But that's what I'm going to look at. In terms of the defense and their play, you know, Tim Tim Lokobu, his first year as defensive coordinator, I'll give them a C plus. Better than average. They're going in the right direction, though. And I think, uh, you know, with more of the Halfway type guys, like we're getting Jaden Wood, Woodbay, guys like Bryce Steele as a, rec- a recruit, more transfers probably going to come in. I think this defense is going to get better, and it'll get better a lot quicker than people are expecting. So that is a look at the defense. Now, special teams. I, I'm glad we have enough time to get to special teams because I think that's important. Grant Carlson, I'm going to give him a good solid B+. He had some games where he was terrific with his punts. He you know, got them in. You know, he, he'd put oppose oppositions uh, inside the 20 pretty consistently. You know, he had some moments, though, where he wasn't the best kicker. But I, I like Grant Carlson, so he gets a, a, a high good mark from me. Uh, Aaron Boomeri, I'm going to give him an A. <laughs> I'm going to give him an A because he hit 80% of his field goals. He hit all of his extra points. He had a game winner. You know, he was about as consistent as a college kicker as you're going to find. You know, he didn't end up getting uh, the Lou Groza nomination, but he should have. I mean, how many kickers can do what he did? And for him to cha- you know, to really have a career year, I loved what he was able to do. And in terms of players that could come back for another year, I hope Boom comes back for one more because I think, you know, he's such an asset to this offense and this team. So hopefully he gets another year. Punt return and kick returns. I'm going to give it a C plus. They, you know, for the most part, they just didn't have to do much. There wasn't any big moment. They had like one or two big moments, but they also had a few moments where they didn't play well. So a, a C plus for the, for the second, uh, for the punt and kick returns. And, and, you know, for overall, I thought they played well as a position group. You know, they had a moments where they had to kick those onside kicks and it felt like they were just a hair away. They, they had the onside kick against UNC, which was a stupid non... You know, they walked away with the football, but they still gave it to UNC, which was stupid. And then they had the two onside kicks against um, Notre Dame. They had kicks against UVA. And they were, like, really well executed other than they were off just a hair. And, it, you know, those are things, I think, with a little te- coaching, they can fix those. It's not like... You know the place kickers that try an onside kick and kick it right into the guy's bread basket. They they were doing pretty well with that. So I'll give them a good solid. Uh, you know, for as a group, I'll give them a, a B plus for the for special teams. It was a, it was a nice year to have a group that played that well. So this is AJ Black. We'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna probably have time to break down the. Boston College main game. I didn't really break it down to this game for today because I figured none of you care. <laughs> you know, Boston College is one in five. Maine is Maine. I don't even know much about the team other than they lost two games to Hartford. Um, so we'll talk about that game. Hopefully, it'll be a win. We'll break that down. Any other news that happens, we'll we'll definitely be on top of that as well. If you have not done so already, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Just hit up Locked On Boston College. If you're on Apple, make sure you give us a review, and you can find us on. Twitter. Twitter at LockedOnBC, or you can find me on Twitter. I'm the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin at AJBlack underscore BC. Thank you all, everyone, and we'll see you again tomorrow.